Hey, Amy. Hello. Hey, What's Linda. up, girl? <laughs> um, are you feeling spooky tonight? <laughs> Absolutely. Every dumb, day. So, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, welcome back to Girls Gone Spooky. I'm Olivia. <laughs> and I'm Amy. we're feeling spooky tonight and we're a couple spooky hoes yes um well i'm back in good-ish health so Mm -hmm. i don't have a kermit kermit the frog voice anymore so you're welcome um i do have a very annoying cough though so if i Mm -hmm. start coughing sorry Mm -hmm. i'll mute myself um we are talking today about messages from the other side. Hello from the other <laughs> side. Um, yeah, that's exactly Adele. what I've been thinking this whole time. Exactly. Then, remember, have you seen the SNL skit? Yes. Adele at Thanksgiving? <laughs> yes. It, I literally, that is what made me think of this episode idea mm-hmm. is I was literally thinking about that skit and I was like, oh, it's Thanksgiving this week because I'm in Canada. Yeah. So I'm like, uh-huh. it, it feels like nothing's happening. Um, right. <laughs> oh my God. So freaking funny. Yeah. The best. Yeah, I was like, oh, we should do messages like hello from the other side. Yeah. Like messages from the other side. Perfect. Um, Great idea. And I think I'm first. Yep. Here we okay. go. Here we go. Let's just like rock and roll. Um, I am going to do like a bunch of like quick hit ones and I will explain how they're organized. So we're like starting, we're starting small. (laughs) We're going to kind of like do a little roller coaster of like, is that a story? Is that for real? What do we think? And we've got some like longer creepy ones. We've got some like sweet ones. You will see. So buckle up, baby. Um, This one is titled this is from reddit um from throwaway and then a bunch of random numbers is the username so i'm not gonna read those all out but the headline is messages from dead friend (laughs) yikes um okay so they say hey guys about three months ago a good friend of mine had died by suicide their social medias were all left active which medias Media is already plural. Social media, we're all (laughs) left active as a way to keep them with us, which is a really common thing, which like I kept coming across and like really noodling on as I was doing this research that like um, what I think they call it a memorial page now. And like we have steps for like on we meta where I work um, have steps for like how to memorialize a page and like transfer ownership over to like a family member. Um, But it's really sweet in a lot of ways, but I've been thinking about it a lot because I was like doing all this research. And then Leslie Jordan, who's that like hilarious yeah. comic who died, mm-hmm. his page has been so active, like <laughs> commemorating his life. And there's something really sweet about it, but there's also something really odd about that. Yeah. That like when I see the Leslie Jordan, like his handle, and I'm like, wait, what? And then I'm like, yeah. oh, right. It's not him posting. Right. Um, I understand why they do it from their handle because it's the audience they want to reach, but it just feels like almost like it should say like they should change the handle or something to say like memorial or like, I don't know. Distinction. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. sorry, tangent, but I just was thinking about that. Yeah. Um, That is interesting. Yeah. So 
that, like I said, they they said the social their social media pages were all left active as a way to keep them with us. It may sound dumb to some, but it really did help us during the initial aftermath. Three months later, I get a notification at around 5 a.m. It was a message from my friend, and it just read, mate. Nothing else. <laughs> and, like, in the comments, they go on to say, like, because people are like, oh, well, like, it may be um, – like maybe so, so. someone's direct comment was some social media platforms allow you to choose someone you trust, a family member, a friend, and give that person access to your account in the, in the case of your death. So maybe your friend had that option enabled and that person messaged you on accident. And they said, if that's the case though, I'm still confused because I'm very close. I was very close to this person and all of their family. So if it was passed on to someone, you'd think that they would, you know, say, they would say, oh shit, sorry. Like it's me. Yeah. Um, and also mate was something that like, I guess they like called this person. Like they clarified mm-hmm. that like, they'd be like, instead of like man, buddy, like mate is yeah. what they would use. And so mm-hmm. I assume they're from like Australia or New Zealand or I don't know, the UK maybe. Um, right. And so some people were like, um, and maybe it got hacked or whatever, but there's like no other bizarre behavior on the page. I don't know. This was just like a, like right. a, so quick little like toe dip. Yeah. Into, yeah. Like, hmm, that's a little weird. <laughs> that would totally, yes. I mean, that would fuck with me. If I were that person, I, that would like be very upsetting to me. Yeah, I agree. It would be very jarring. Jarring. Yeah. Maybe that's the right word. Yeah. Then I, I mean, it could be a good thing, right? Like you could view it in a nice way, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like kind of intense. Yeah. Um, agreed. And unexpected, jarring, Mm -hmm. I think is the best description. Um, Okay. This one is one that's like a little more on the lighthearted side and definitely a little more on the like skeptical side. So this is, this is just um, a quick like article roll up about this situation on Unilad, but it's, it's something that aired on TikTok originally. Um, so the title of the article by Hannah Smith is TikToker mocks creepy doll in the woods and gets quote paranormal <laughs> message later in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Deserves it. <laughs> Literally. So she goes on to include some photos. We'll definitely include these photos in the, um, in the um, the Instagram post, but like the little caption below the photo, it's like clearly like in the woods at night. And this doll is creepy as dick. Like, let me just say you will see it, but like, yikes. The original TikTok handle, by the way, is Timmy says hi. So his name is Isaac Martinez is the kid. But anyway, so the caption beneath the photo is a TikToker has a TikToker has learned not to mess with things you don't understand after re- receiving a quote paranormal message from a creepy doll. In a video, Isaac Martinez Martinez at Timmy says hi filmed himself coming across a spooky Chucky style marionette doll saying, "We just found this guy in the middle of the woods, no lie." Before jokingly asking in the caption, "Is it haunted though?" It's like no shit, you found it in the dark in the middle of the woods. According to Isaac, it wasn't too long before he got an answer, as over the next week, he began experiencing a very strange string of misfortunes. And so there's like, they go on to show a video and it's like, you know, whatever. And then he, in the, in the caption on TikTok says like the same day we made fun of this doll, 
these things happened. And so he said, quote, I did not think this doll was going to be haunted because we made fun of it. And then a week later, my car got crashed into, the camera started glitching, and my dog started barking at nothing out of nowhere. And he's never done that before. As further evidence of paranormal activity or evidence, we could say loosely, yeah. <laughs> Isaac also shared a photo of a takeout receipt with 666 he got on it <laughs> on the same day, like $6.66. Yeah. So this experience soon caught people's attention on TikTok with his post gaining more than 5 million views on the platform. Wow. Comments were quickly filled with Christian cross emojis and pleas for the doll to avoid spreading its negative energy. But like, <laughs> let me tell you this Dolls creepy as shit. Um, some users in the comments definitely seem to think the TikToker should have known better. With one person commenting, "Do y'all not watch scary movies? Why would you mess with him?" Like, <laughs> yeah, duh. Um, and yeah, another urged him to go back and spray it with holy water. That being said, not everyone was convinced of Isaac's tale. One person brushed off the fears, saying, "People can't drive. Phones glitch. Dogs bark. That's life. It's not being haunted." So it's all a coincidence. <laughs> It's not clear whether his run of bad luck has continued or if he's gone back to the woods to make amends. Either way, if you ever see a creepy doll in the middle of nowhere, it's probably best to steer clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will definitely share the photos from that one because it yes, is. please. Um, okay. And then the next one is text message from dead grandma? Question mark? Um, and this is from Neko Kit, N-E-K-O-K-I-T from Reddit. Mm-hmm. And this is from the paranormal subreddit. Um, while I'm pretty sure it was nothing more than coincidence, it still really freaked out my entire family. Basically, <laughs> my family decided to drive to and stay in Mexico for a week. We were originally from Canada, whoop, whoop, but rented a car <laughs> from Las Vegas. My brother picked up a SIM card for use in Mexico. Nearly right after we started using it, we got a text message from a random number. The bottom of the message said, love, Oma, and Opa, which is German for grandma and grandpa, which is what we called my grandparents. The message talked about how much they loved us and missed us and hoped that the trip was going well. Hmm. Wow. I would like to think it was a loving message from beyond, but the rational side of me says it was just a freaky coincidence. Hmm. Okay, so people were like in the comments, like immediately started saying all this stuff. Like it's a very sweet story, and you know, also kind of like, was it just a random number, and it was just a weird coincidence? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one's really weird. So uh, someone said in response, uh, their username is Jen Seventeen. They said, I have a story similar to yours. My granddad's brother, Alf, had been saving for and planning a trip abroad to Greece in the weeks before he died. He didn't know he was going to die. He wasn't sick. He just died in his sleep one night. He hadn't gotten around to booking, paying for, or going on the holiday, and he'd never been to Greece, which is why he was so excited to go. (laughs) Two weeks after he died, my granddad got a postcard from Greece, Crete, (laughs) I believe. And it just said, it's beautiful here. I'm having an incredible time. I hope you're Um, well, Alf X. Oh my God. (laughs) What? Yeah. So he says weird, possibly a coincidence, maybe something he somehow planned, but like, what? That (laughs) one gave me chills. I was like, what? That's crazy. Wait, did it say if he was sick? 
Like, was no, his death? No, he wasn't sick. Oh, yeah. No, he okay. had no idea he was going to die. He wasn't sick. So why would he plan it, you know? Yeah, no way he, he would have planned book that. book it. He didn't pay for it. He didn't go on the trip. Like. Right. Wow. Crazy. So bizarre. So, so, so bizarre. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, okay. So next one is uh, almost like a – like a, like not so much like a, a mess, like a concrete message, but more mm-hmm. of like an experience. Okay. So this one is from a really like complicated username that literally is just like <laughs> letters and numbers. Nonsense. Um, yeah. Um, but this is also from the par- paranormal subreddit. As I woke up this morning, I could smell my mother's perfume. The perfume was thick in the air and I heard her say very forcefully, I tried to warn you. That's it. This is the second time this has happened since she died nine years ago. The Whoa. first time I heard from her was three years after she died. She died in 2011 and in 2014, I dreamt that I saw her face against a black background and she says, you're going to need a bigger patio. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Just wait. I woke up and said to myself, wow, that seemed really real and went about my day thinking about the experience. Two weeks later, my son calls me and asks if he can store some weightlifting equipment at my house. I said, okay, and he said he was on his way. He arrived with two friends in a large flatbed truck loaded with equipment. They unloaded the equipment onto my back patio, completely covering it. I watched as they (laughs) filled the last remaining space on the patio, and I remembered the dream and instantly understood its meaning. I think my mom was just trying to let me know that she's still around. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so then, though, people are like, okay, so that one, she, like, warned you of something that was coming. What yeah. was that I tried to warn you about? And so they right. were like, you know, there was two weeks in between. So, mm-hmm. you know, there. so someone was like, by saying I tried to mo- warn you this morning, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Was, has anything happened? And they said, no, not yet. Um oh. And I like was scrolling through. There are a lot of comments, and so I was scrolling through, and like I don't, I don't like see anything from them again. Like they didn't follow up, Um, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to read one of the comments in here. Um, So my husband and I, throughout our marriage, had the same conversation about candy, and I would always say that the candy that I hated most was circus peanuts, which are gross. So I get it. My grandmother them at her house but as a kid i would eat them anyway because they're sugary and she was the only one that kept them around she died in 1979 in 2015 in september i was very upset because of my husband and my job and decided to sleep in our office at home i reached in the cabinet into the cabinet in the hall to grab a blanket and the blanket i was grabbing for turned out to be an antique quilt my grandmother had owned it was hand stitched by my great grandmother actually my grandma used to put it on the floor with me when I was a baby and a toddler, and I would lay on it and look at the different patterns of cloth. When my parents died in 2000, I ended up owning this quilt. It has sat in this cabinet and not been washed because it would probably fall apart. So it has sort of a musty smell. Anyway, I covered myself up with it and went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, I woke up gagging to a smell that smelled like artificial banana candy. It was like someone had chewed up the candy and spit it out in front of my nose. The smell lasted for about a minute and then just disappeared. A couple of days later, I bought some banana extract to make cheesecake. Why you would put what? that in cheesecake, I don't understand. <laughs> Never but heard okay, of that. weird. 
the ex- the extract was the exact same smell and it mm. smelled like circus peanut candy. Mm. I looked the candy up on the computer and they were actually flavored with banana extract. So oh. my grandma looked in on her upset granddaughter even after all these years and I think that that my covering up with that old quilt linked us together somehow. Objects really oh. do contain energy. How sweet. Yeah, so <laughs> sweet. A nice one. Yeah, so sweet. Um, so a couple of people followed up with the original, like the OP, and were like, did anything ever happen? Like even like, you know, a little while later and they mm-hmm. they never said it. They're like, no, not a clue. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe something happened since then. But yeah. Weird. Who knows? Well, Who knows? That's um, nice though, but banana cheesecake? Mm-mm. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> not don't for do me. that. Um, yeah, absolutely not for me. Um, okay, so the next one is like maybe from the other side, maybe not, but just like almost like the other side or maybe like alternate reality. I don't know. Um, so this is from Trinitro. Wow, Trinitro Tolueno underscore ninety. Like, what is, <laughs> what is that? that? <laughs> Who knows? Good but I tried. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you guys. This is someone from uh, the paranormal subreddit. Also, I wanted to ask you all about something that happened to me and two other family members a few years ago. First of all, know that I attribute all kind of paranormal feelings, sights, etc., to be a creation of our own brain under certain circumstances. So I am definitely a non-believer. The thing in this case is different, and I still haven't figured out the cause because all three of us, which is me, my mother, and my aunt, saw the same thing. I wonder if any of you know what and or how this phenomenon happened, is, or sorry, what it was called and why it happened. So here it goes. I was eight years old. For context, I'm 27 now. My sister was six, and my little cousin was three. My sister and cousin were playing outside in the yard. Myself, my mother, and my aunt were in the kitchen. In a given moment, my sister's My sister enters the house running like hell, and we see her go upstairs to the upper floor. She entered by the one and only door in the house that is next to the kitchen. Therefore, the three of us got to see her. So my mom starts calling her name, telling her to come down, but there's no answer. My aunt had bought some sort of like princess shoes or something for my cousin, but she wasn't allowed to wear them. I don't know why. So we thought my sister had gone to get them for her in some sort of like secret little girl's mission. So my mom (laughs) wanted her to come downstairs to cut it out. Tired of calling her, I offered myself to go upstairs and receive my sister like a bounty hunter. Long story short, I went up, searched both rooms upstairs, the closet and the bathroom, and nothing. I returned downstairs with chills running down my spine already and went to check outside. Both of them were playing like nothing had happened, totally unaware of what had happened. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. So in this house, which is my grandmother's house, there have been a lot of paranormal activity stories among my family members. I've seen some of them like hearing voices, lights that go on and off, steps on the stairs, etc. But as I said before, I attribute these things to our own mind playing tricks on us, faulty electrical connections, old wooden floors, etc. But this one I never could explain away. The fact that three people saw the exact same thing unsettles me mm-hmm. and till to today we still can't explain how this was possible or why. I lived there for eight years in my teenage years after that, and nothing else ever happened to me. An old girlfriend and some friends even gathered to play Ouija. 
dumb <laughs> and still nothing out of the ordinary. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's possible that three brains at the same time made up the same image of someone hmm. that isn't actually there or was this something else? Yeah, that's unlikely. Right. They all had a mass like vision <laughs> of yeah. something that wasn't there. Right. Yeah. Right. Hmm. And it doesn't sound like they were like, oh, did you see her run by? Like they all just watched her run by, you know? Yeah. They just so knew. Sense. Yeah, like weird, yeah. like parallel, mm-hmm. like parallel reality, like parallel timeline, or yeah, a spirit who looked like the sister. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. it's like if she had like nondescript clothing and had like brown hair, was yay high, like mm-hmm. you know, that seems feasible, but yeah. so bizarro. Very, yeah. Um. Okay. This one is actually very sweet. And this one is very recent. This was from August Mm. of this year. Um, So this happened in January of 2019. It was posted recently, but 2019 is still recent. Mm -hmm. My stepdad had been in my family's life for 30 years before he was diagnosed with cancer. He never had any biological children, but he had me and my sister, and we couldn't have asked for a better stepdad or granddad for our children. Yeah, it's very sweet. (laughs) I was with him when he was diagnosed and with him for all of his treatments. And from the very beginning, there was no question of who would take care of him. It was going to be me. He and my mother were split up at the time, and it just seemed natural that I would be the one to do it because of how close we were. And honestly, I considered it an honor. (laughs) Unfortunately, his prognosis was not very good, and they gave him less than a year to live. He barely made it six months. Wow. He was in the hospital the last six days of his life, and he had a DNR and his heart. Do not resuscitate for anyone who doesn't know what that is. And as hard as it was, I didn't argue with him about it. Two days before he passed, he was in and out of consciousness and was barely able to talk. His last night, he was able to communicate that he really wanted me to go home and check on the dogs. And this was just <laughs> after around 3 a.m. I told him I would go do that, and then I would be right back. He gave a small small smile and nodded. It took 20 minutes for me to get home, and 10 minutes after walking through the door, the hospital called and said he had passed. Hmm. I felt so guilty for leaving him until I thought he knew there was some someone already with the dogs, but he insisted that I check on them. Maybe he just hmm. didn't want me there at that time. I don't know why or if he sent me away for that reason. But now what I do know is the morning after he passed, I had a missed call from his phone that had been in my purse the whole time he was in the hospital. The call was made at 3.47 a.m. And the voicemail that was left said, thank you for everything, sweetheart. I love you. (laughs) The message was left in my stepdad's perfect loving voice, not the raspy out-of-breath strained voice he had moments before he died. Some people have said that it may have just been an old message that I had just received that morning, but either way, I thought it was really amazing. So like it was 15 minutes after his time of death, this message comes through. Yeah. Very odd. Very, very, very odd. And also so sweet. Like Mm -hmm. I think I told the story of my mom like having a dream about her dad after he passed away that he whispered in her ear, like he said to her before he died also of cancer, mm-hmm. like I'll whisper in your ear and let you know I'm okay. And she had a dream about him. Yes. Actually, was it my mom or my Grammy? I can't remember if it was my mom or, or his wife. Um, mm-hmm. 
No, it was my mom because he said she had a dream where she was talking to him on the phone and it was all staticky. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, Julie, baby, like, I'm all right. Oh. And she was like, <laughs> That's so um, sweet and so nice so to sweet. hear those messages. Yeah, so sweet. Yeah. And that's interesting. I think that – I think I'm remembering this right because my grandma, she passed away in hospice. Uh-huh. And I remember – hearing maybe from one of the nurses that often people won't die until their family leaves. Yeah. And I think they choose to do that. And that's what happened with my grandma. She died not long after my dad finally left. Yeah. The rest of us came. (laughs) So it was like, maybe she just didn't want him there. Well, Mm -hmm. and I mean, if you're thinking about it, like if you're at the end of your life, you're not holding on for yourself. You're holding on mm-hmm. for your family members. So yeah. it's like, if you're just like, I'm just so tired. I just want to let go. Mm-hmm. It would be really hard to do that with people around you crying, begging you to stay, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. I think I know my, my Grammy shortly before my papa died um, at one point said to him, like he was also in, in hospice, like at their home. Mm-hmm. And she held his hand at one point and said like, if you need to go, like, it's okay. You can go. Um, yeah. Cause he was, I mean, there was no question he was going to die. It was just a yeah. matter of when. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, don't drag out the suffering, you know, like go, yeah. if you need to go. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. I mean, dogs do that too. Pets yeah. do that too. They go right. and hide, mm-hmm. um, which breaks my heart, but you can understand why, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a very private thing. Though. It's, yeah, totally. You can be surrounded by people, but you're the one <laughs> doing exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Um okay, so this one is not not so sweet, very creepy, <laughs> and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I feel like this is almost like maybe a step past messages from the other side. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm intrigued. So this is from the subreddit Creepy History, which I oh. love that that's a subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm not going to read the title because it kind of gives the whole thing away. Okay. This happened in the 60s. And this is true. Like this historically happened. Okay. A teenager is invited out on a spearfishing expedition with his friends. He returns the next day alone. His friends are nowhere to be found, and searches cannot find any of them. The teenager is asked what happened to the others. He explains in great detail how he saw a 10-foot-tall green monster from an animated TV show that was released three weeks prior (laughs) eat his friends one by one. Whoa. His friends, yeah. His friends were eventually declared dead a few years afterwards. He corresponded with paranormal magazines and sent letters to paranormal investigators. And by the time the internet had become popular, he was in his 50s or 60s. He continued to write about seeing this fictional character kill his friends on various paranormal message boards. He became very depressed when people did not believe him. Based on his testimony, it could not have been a guy in a suit because he saw and heard the monster eat them. He says his friends saw the character appear too. So it wasn't just him who saw it, but of course... He's the only living one to recount it. Mm-hmm. The survivor was implicating that a tulpa, which I don't know what that is, like some monster yeah. of some kind, appeared and killed his friends, only for it to vanish without a trace after they were dead. 
Since this case is so popular among paranormal believers, there are a lot of people who try and defend this man's story about what befell his friends. Defenders say that the bodies were never found in an area where even a single body is easy to find. So something strange must have happened to them. That is really odd. So this isn't like a message from the other side. It's like death from the other side. Like a a, a physical being from the other side. Yeah. And like – the weirdest part to me is like, you know, okay, obviously he could have killed them, but like mm-hmm. one, it sounds like even if he was charged, he was never convicted for killing right. them. Yeah. So hmm. like maybe they were like doing shrooms, like it was the yeah. 60s. <clears throat> like, I don't know. Very weird though. Yeah. And the fact weird. that he's convinced <clears throat> that this is what happened. Yeah. Bizarre. And Very bizarre. that movie just came out before it happened like did he even see the movie (laughs) i don't know it didn't say Hmm. isn't that weird yeah that is really weird so weird wow yeah okay so i have i think there are three more quickies no okay two more two more yeah okay two more um one sweet and one creepy Um, This is from Distractify. Um, So these are like stories from writers calling in. (laughs) A family who buried their elderly grandmother with her phone, I guess this is actually a more common practice than you would expect, (laughs) got a message from their beloved seemingly from beyond the grave. According to The Independent, Leslie Emerson was a prolific texter up until she lost her battle with cancer at age 59, which prompted the family to bury their beloved with her favorite device. (laughs) Her granddaughter, Sherry, had been texting her deceased grandmother intermittently since her passing as a way to cope. Obviously, we know that Nan wasn't going to ever reply, but it was something we did as a comfort for ourselves because she loved to text. One day, after Sherry sent her grandmother her usual greeting, she got a message back. It read, I'm watching over you. You'll get through this. You'll be all right. (laughs) The terrified granddaughter doubled down, this time asking who she was texting. Then she received another reply. I'm watching over you, and it's all going to get better. Just push through. (laughs) So then you think, okay, someone new got the number, and they're just trying to be kind or, Mm -hmm. you know, say something encouraging. To make matters creepier, the family got in touch with the service provider who assured them that the grandmother's phone number was promptly disconnected after her passing and would never Hmm. again be redistributed. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally would have thought it was just somebody got the new number and was receiving those messages. Very weird. Very, Mm -hmm. very weird. Okay. Last one. In the most chilling text conversations of all time, C.R. Jones hits up his best friend Mario to make plans about seeing the It movie, like the Stephen King's It movie that was going to be released in September of that year. Mid-conversation, though, things start to devolve. Me, talking about plans to go see It, in parentheses. Yeah, I guess we'll just see who can drive that Friday. Whenever we meet up, we'll just play it by ear. So clearly they were in the middle of the conversation. It wasn't like, hey, man, you want to go see this movie? It was like they had been coordinating. Mm -hmm. Mario says stop touching the thermostat it's so cold in here and keep in mind that everything Mario says has a bunch of letters so it's like stop touching like almost Mm. like they're shivering shivering (laughs) me what Mario I'm so cold me what is this what are you talking about Mario the thermostat stop touching it 
Me, how could I possibly be touching your thermostat right now? Me, are you drunk or something? Why do you keep texting like that? There's about a 20 minute pause here before he texted back. Mario, so cold. Me, you're starting to freak me out, Mar. What is this about? I try calling him, doesn't answer. Me, Mar, can you answer your phone, please? Mario, where are the lights? Me, dude, seriously, what the fuck are you talking about? Mario, it's so dark. I tried calling him again. Nothing. Me. Answer your phone, fuckface. Me. I'm going to kill you if this is a joke. You're genuinely starting to scare me. There was another long pause here before I finally started texting him again. Me. Mar? Me. Are you still there, dude? Me. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I try another call. Still nothing. Me. Answer your fucking phone. Mario. It's so cold here. So cold. So cold. So <laughs> cold. Me, please stop this. So, f- and then a bunch of letters, cold, a bunch of letters. And then same thing, but more random letters mixed in. Then hmm. CR Jones explains the rest of his texts after this are just nothing but gibberish. He would send me a new one about every five minutes and continued to do so well into the night. I continually told him to stop whatever it was he was doing and tried calling him several more times, but nothing was working. CR Jones explained. After a while, he put his phone on silent, figuring that Mario would get bored of this prank once he realized he wouldn't be getting a response. The next day, he woke up to hundreds more messages from Mario. Most of them were just lines and lines of the same shit that he was texting earlier, nothing but gibberish, nearly 112 messages of it. I sent him a text a little after waking up to see whether or not he was done with his bullshit. After Mario failed to respond to this text, C.R. Jones received a visit from two police officers later that afternoon asking Mm -hmm. if he'd been in contact with his friend as he'd been missing since 4 p.m. the previous day. He continues, I invited them inside and showed them my phone. They examined the text messages together for a very long time, whispering things back and forth to each other before finally turning to me. They told me that the timestamps on the messages didn't make any sense. I asked them what they were talking about, and they said that Mario had left his phone behind whenever he had gone missing, and there was no way that he could have sent those texts because he didn't have his phone with him. I felt my entire body stiffen and go cold. If you're thinking this can't get any creepier, I assure you, it does. (laughs) And Mario died. Hmm. He had died. Wow. So I'm I'm cutting right to the chase. There's more yeah. to the story, but he had died. Wow. Oh God. Was he yeah. buried alive or something? <laughs> Cause no, because he didn't even have his phone. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Oh, yeah. Creepy. And there, there's one other part of the story that I probably shouldn't have jumped right to the end. He gets <laughs> a call from Mario after oh. the police leave, but there's nothing on the other side. Mm. Just wow. there. And he Weird. doesn't have his phone. Yeah. Like, even still, like, the phone is with the cops. Right. Oh, did he so end up in, like, a creepy. portal to the next dimension? I mean, literally. That's what like, it it's so like. old. Like, yeah. what? Oh, God. So creepy. <laughs> I hope so it's not creepy. the afterlife because I don't want to be cold. Yeah, I don't want to be cold and dark. That's <laughs> no, terrible. That's scary. Oh, man. Sketch. Wow. Good one. Um. Yeah, that was a good one. And now, over to you. Oh, over to me. Okay. Over to you. (laughs) So, I have just a few today. And the first two are pretty in line with what you've already been doing. Um, And then the rest are kind of off. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll get to that. Okay. So, the first one, this is from Reddit. And their username is Matrix underscore zero and it's called 
message from an alternate reality. So back in 2013, I'm home from college at a family reunion at a lake with my parents. Early on in the day, my dad falls in the lake with his phone in his pocket. And this is back when phones weren't water resistant. So none of the buttons were working and the screen wasn't showing anything. Without any rice around, we just put it in my mom's (laughs) purse. (laughs) Several hours later, we get in the car ready to leave, and we start hearing something coming from my mom's purse. We pull out my dad's phone, and it's a message being played on a loop. Hey, this is my mom's name. Insert my mom's name. I'm just calling to tell you we're at the Hummingbird Festival. There was nothing inherently creepy about what was said in the voice message. Pretty basic. Except for the fact that none of us, including my mom, had ever heard of a hummingbird festival. The voice was unmistakably my mom's voice, introducing herself as my mom, first and last name. We couldn't get the message to stop playing until it stopped on its own after about a half hour. The phone never worked after that. We have no rational explanation for what happened, and have just accepted uh, that it was some glitch in reality. So that is bizarre. <laughs> and everyone in the comments was like, you have to go to a hummingbird festival. Yeah, and literally. What happens? But the original poster was like, I am not ready to meet my doppelganger family. Oh, at yeah, a hummingbird that's festival. so fair. So that's so fair. Yeah, but who knows? Also, like, yeah, what, what, like, does that even exist? Like, what is a hummingbird festival? Yeah, I don't know. I People in the comments said that they were like, we have a hummingbird festival in my hometown. Oh, cute. So okay. it does exist. So it's a thing. But, it's mm-hmm. real. Okay. That's yeah. weird. That, like, that, those give me chills. Yeah, me too. Because they, they're creepy. Yeah, and the mom was right there. <laughs> it wasn't like she was yeah. recording like pranking them, recording a voice message or something <laughs> to play. Oh so I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Now the second one is from Medium. And it's more of an article than like a story somebody wrote. So I'll just read the article. But in June of 2011, Jack Froese, F-R-O-E-S-E. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, Died from an arrhythmia at 32, Mm -hmm. leaving all of his loved ones devastated by his passing. They never expected what came next. By this point, any one of us would hope to get a sign from the afterlife before the grief period ends and we can move on from the loss. Signs like finding a penny in an unusual place or a word with significant meaning between you and the person in an unexpected matter. But soon after his passing, Jack's best friend received a message from him in one of the most unusual ways. So five months after Jack passed away, his best friend, Tim Hart, who was his best friend since 17, got an unexpected email strangely titled, I'm Watching. Ew, don't (laughs) The email also referenced a conversation the two had several months before Jack's death regarding the state of Hart's attic. It said, did you hear me? I'm at your house. Clean your fucking attic. (laughs) Which, scary. Like, that's so scary. Yeah. 
which I don't know. Is it eat that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll just keep going. Um, because okay. there's a lot of questions surrounding this. Okay. But um after let's see, after getting over his initial concern and shock, he mentioned in an interview with the BBC that he replied to it but never got a reply. Since then, Hart firmly believes that it is unlikely that anyone other than the two of them would have known about the private conversations they had that the email mentioned, so about the attic, Yeah. Um, citing that it was unlikely that either would have brought the subject up to anyone else. Mm. And Hart was ultimately not the only one to receive this kind of email. Jack's cousin, Jimmy McGraw, also got an email from the same account on November 21st, his was even stranger and more unsettling than Hart's. Oh, the God. Reason, <laughs> the reason being, shortly after his cousin's passing, McGraw broke his ankle. Fast forwarding to when he got this email, it read, Hey, Jim, how you doing? I knew you were going to break your ankle. Tried to warn you. Gotta be careful. <laughs> and I don't know if he responded, um, but I don't think either of them heard from this account ever again. But the, it's just kind of the same questions. Like, why would somebody do this as a prank? What would yeah, be the point the of fuck? that? <laughs> and how did they access the account? Um, all of those same questions apply. So I don't what know. What the fuck? That one scares me a little bit. The I don't know why they the would. Like, one really I'm at your me. house. Did you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's scary. Even if it's like your most beloved friend, I don't want to get an email after you die <laughs> saying, did you hear no. me I'm in your attic? <laughs> like, no. So. And clean it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a weird one. Um, okay. Then, yeah, I just have a few short little ones that are kind okay, of yeah. a stretch in a way. Um, but when I was okay, doing this research... I just came across these articles about books that predicted oh. the future. Ooh. And that's, yeah. that's not really a stretch. That's I what like, I was thinking. Because maybe yeah. they got like a message. Yeah, the <laughs> oh. author somehow yeah. knew. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I'm into it. Yeah, so, it fits. Okay, cool. So I have a few of them. So the first is Ooh. called The Parable Series. So that's not the name of the books. It's the series uh-huh. of books. Okay. Um, so it says, though, oh, these are from Reader's Digest. Okay. It says, though she died before completing the third book in the trilogy, science fiction writer Octavia E. Butler created a dystopian world in Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents that featured the rise of a populist demagogue. While the books were well-received when they were published, they have struck a chord with readers more recently given some stark similarities between the society Butler created and our reality today. Oh, by the way, these were in the 90s, early 90s was when these books came out. Um, So she created this reality that had global warming, extremely influential corporations, and social inequality, But the strangest parallel came in Parable of Talents, where she writes about a conservative evangelist who runs for president using the slogan, Make America Great Again. (gasps) (laughs) Creepy. I was going to say a populist leader. I mean, that Mm -hmm. would be Trump, right? Yep. 
exactly. <laughs> so that slogan. Oh, that though, gave me some body chills. Yeah. Weird. She knew somehow maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's like Very the Simpsons that predicted oh my God, that she was going to yeah. be president. How do they know these it's, things? It's, the Simpsons has predicted so much stuff. I mean, we could do yeah. an entire episode on that. Like weird yeah. small things too. Like I think like shootings and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. It's like, what? Yeah. Like how? Right. <laughs> how did you possibly know that? Yeah. Um, bizarre. So bizarre. Yeah. So, okay. The next one is called The Machine Stops. And that it says in his 1909 book, The Machine Stops, excuse me, E.M. Forster imagined a future in which people live and work exclusively in their own rooms, communicating with each other entirely through electronic means. Um, Kenneth Schneier, professor of humanities and legal studies at Johnson and Wales University, tells Reader's Digest, The people in the book create and sustain their friendships, groups, or teams entirely through electronic communications and eventually become positively phobic about leaving their rooms or meeting other people in the flesh. And while the telephone did exist at this point, radio was virtually unknown and television not yet invented. Schneier explains, until the internet and social media I don't think anyone thought of Forster's novella as prophetic, he says. But by the time I first taught it to students five years ago, I was able to say with a straight face, we are all living the nightmare that Forster is dreaming in hell. (laughs) So, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, poor Forster. Hopefully he's not in hell. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully not. That's so – I'm sorry. I'm still reeling from a Make America Great Again thing. Like. It's. I wonder if Trump read that book. He doesn't seem like a reader. Seems very <laughs> unlikely to read. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially a novel by a female science fiction writer. Sci-fi, yeah, yeah. He's weird. The worst. <laughs> yeah, very weird. Maybe one of his campaign advisors read it. Yeah, and then just it's still blatantly it's ripped still it off. Weird. Yeah, I mean, well. They don't no seem to surprise. be about that. No. So, yeah. Definitely not. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. That's um, really weird. Here's the third one. Okay, okay. So this is The Wreck of the Titan. And so even though The Wreck of the Titan is one of the most well-known examples of books that predicted the future, it's still hard to believe. Written by Morgan Robertson and originally published under the title Futility in 1898, The novella tells the tale of a massive passenger ship named the Titan that hit an iceberg and sank in the frigid waters of the Atlantic Ocean, killing thousands of people. Called the Titan? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says... What the fuck? (laughs) It's weird. So like the Titanic, the Titan was also described in the book as the largest ship of its time. Um... Blah, blah, blah. The Titan was also glorified and named unsinkable before it sank in April in the book. What the fuck? Just like the Titanic did. (laughs) So maybe they knew. I don't know. How did these things not get more airtime? I know. That one is crazy. Like that one is bonkers. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's – 
I know. This is the kind of thing that I just love to read. <laughs> like, Oh my god, yeah. This is pretty cool. What the fuck, man? Yeah. I'm sure we could do another episode on books, yeah. movies, everything that does this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but That is so wild. It's – who knows how they're thinking – like, is this just – their creativity and it just so happens to come to come true yeah i don't know that feels that feels unlikely to Mm me yeah like what are the odds of that like of it being a coincidence right i wonder if there are any i mean probably not for these old books like in the 1800s but if any of these more modern authors have ever given like an interview about their creative process yeah. or something. Yeah, like, that's how true. How did that come to you? I don't know. Yeah, but, and Octavia is no longer living, right? right? So, so she's, it's yeah, I can't that's ask. So her. weird. But this last one I have, we could actually look mm-hmm. up to see if she has any comment on this. But yeah, yeah. So I'll just read this. The book is called "A Song for a New Day." And a more recent and tragically timely example is Sarah Pinsker's novel, A Song for a New Day, published on September 10th, 2019, and written two or three years prior. The book takes place in a society dealing with a combination of domestic terrorism and a lethal pandemic that, (laughs) that causes the government to outlaw gatherings beyond a certain size and to radically alter the economy such that nearly everyone works full-time from home, wearing protective gear at all times when away from the home. (laughs) Um, One of the two protagonists is a singer-songwriter whose livelihood depends on live gatherings of audiences and who is now unable to do what she was born to do. Another protagonist is a young woman who is a child during the pandemic who is terrified of any other person or any public space. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she wrote that, I guess, in 2017, 18, um, before COVID, obviously. So maybe we could look her up and see if she has any comment <laughs> on that. And when true. did that one come out? It was published September 2019. So COVID- like really not long before. No, not at all. Like months, like months yeah. before. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, Sarah, what's your secret? Yeah, what is your secret, Sarah? What the <laughs> hell? That's so weird, dude. That is yeah. so freaking weird. Yeah. Hopefully she didn't speak that into existence because way to go. She needs to stop writing. Yeah. Just open the <laughs> I know, that's the case. <laughs> Change your subject. Like, girl, matter. don't do that to us, please. <laughs> no. like, we're good. We've had enough. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Still recovering. We're tapped out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Those yeah. are wild. I really liked those. I liked those as like a, like a, like a slight tangent, slight offshoot from yes. the main theme. Those were right. good ones. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. But Amazing. Okay. Is that the episode? That's the episode. We're we calling it. it, friends. <laughs> we did it. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Girls Gone Spooky. Um, please email us your spooky stories topic suggestions, Halloween costumes. We want to see it. 
um, to girlsgonespooky at gmail.com. And otherwise, stay spooky, friends. Stay spooky. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.